Hello and welcome to another episode of Don't Worry, It's Not Just You, a podcast that dissects the freelancing, contracting, gigging, and side-hustling multiverse. Each episode, an illustrious guest joins me on my quest to make sense of this new age and spill the goss on their fuck-ups, horror stories, and also some of the good stuff too, hopefully. The episodes are broken up into very loose, very stupid segments that play with the deeply stupid hustle and grind culture of the freaking freelancing economy that you and I are now stuck with forever. This was an incredibly fun episode to record with my dear sweet friend Rhiannon who, as you will find out, is incredibly funny and incredibly fun to be around. I'm losing my voice. This might have been my loosest episode yet that we've recorded. (laughs) We sat around drinking for about six hours and you can kind of hear our downfall in real time. (laughs) Strap in. My first Patreon episode will be coming out next week, which is a continuation of this chat with some extra new fun segments. I hope to see you there. I am your host, Phoebe Paradise, and I hope this email finds you well. I am joined by an incredibly cool, hot and funny girl boss, folks. She is an icon who made it big in the trenches of 20 teens Tumblr with her unique brand of cult camp, fashion, styling and photography. As a result, she's likely in the top one percentile for women whose photos have been used to catfish lonely men on the internet. (laughs) It's been in the news a lot lately, but she was truly the blueprint for what the kids are now calling indie sleaze. These days, she's running the smash hit fashion label Pig Suit, an instant classic and mainstay for hot psychos, punks, and queens. Her work was most recently celebrated by RuPaul Drag Race finalist Got Mick themselves. Her label Pig Suit was once described by Fashion Journal magazine as chaotic good, which is potentially the first two words in this intro that my listener demographic will understand. <laughs> It's Rhiannon Daly! Welcome, darling! Thank you so much for being here. We just love to see another girl boss thriving. Welcome to Paradise HQ. There hasn't been a girl boss that's crossed, crossed this threshold in far too long, in my uh, humble opinion. Glad to be here. Oh my oh, god. Thank you, darling. So, Rhiannon. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, um, I want to do an exercise together to start the show. Okay. Um, let's just close our eyes for a moment and we're going to go back to a simpler time. (laughs) The year is 2010. (laughs) My space is in its twilight years. 
iPhones weigh the same as a bowling ball. I see it, I see it. Everyone smokes tailored cigarettes. <laughs> People say stuff like, that's gay, all the time. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. <laughs> this is the before time, before hustle culture, before mm. MailChimp, before optimized product descriptions. The word influencer hadn't even really been invented yet. Oh my God. What did this world look like for you during those years? I personally didn't exist until 2014, <laughs> but I'd love to know from someone who did. <laughs> So I started a fashion blog, which was all the rage back then. <laughs> yes. Um, when everyone would have their bowler hats with their little mm -hmm. Nikons and their what are SL SLRs, oh my God, their yes. Doc Martens and their like striped um, sports girl like one pieces. Oh fuck me up! <laughs> yeah, yeah, like American Apparel had only just yeah. arrived, like on Australian oh, shores, American and everyone Apparel. was like, "Hey, does this mean I can wear leotards yes, now?" Yes, <laughs> yes. Every single fashion blogger owned a pair of like Jeffrey Campbell leaders mm -hmm. um, that are all coming back around now. We all collected like Oyster magazine. Oh my god. Um, People brought digital cameras to parties. Digital cameras, that's the one. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm thinking of. Pretty, I found the blog last night again and I had a quick look through it. It's so sick. It was so embarrassing. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> Rhiannon, it is literally everything I wish I was when I was like, because we're about the same age, you know, just a couple of 22-year-old girls hanging out right now. But just turn 22. <laughs> I'm going to bleep out the age. Um, but, like, I grew up in that era, like, I was in my early 20s, in the 20, early 20-teens, mm. and like, I think there's this thing where, like, when you go to punk shows, when you, like, grow up around that that kind of world, you sort of forget that any other subculture exists because mm. it, it just doesn't exist for you in any way. And so, like, seeing through the eyes of my friend, like, their life, I mean, God, like, your life just looks so fucking fabulous. You were, like, going to New York. You were, like, mm. meeting people. You were, like, getting all of this amazing clothing and stuff. Like, it's just, I would love to know how that all kind of started for you. Oh my gosh. It it kind of just went with the times. Like so mm -hmm. it started with you know the blog spot fashion blog and then as soon as Instagram kind of came on the scene and oh sorry uh, Tumblr. Yeah. It, you know, you just move with the times and kind of what was always kind of crazy to me is that the same followers would jump with you to each platform Amazing. and that just grow bigger and bigger and bigger and it went from yeah, Blogspot to Tumblr to um, Instagram to me eventually being in New York to or in Milan to, you know, see and talk with fashion designers and hang out with muses and go to events and parties and stuff, which was fucking crazy. That's incredible. How, how much, like, do you think that there's much of a difference between, like, fashion influencing back in those days to now? Ah, oh, it's... It's really, it's quite funny because there's, it seems a lot more fluid nowadays, but then again, it's so rigid. Whereas back in the day, back in the day, back in my day. Oh, we're, we're doing back in the days, baby. <laughs> it's happened. It's happened to us. It, it was just whatever this one particular person wants to do and is doing. And that's what was, I guess, so interesting because you got to tune in Um to see what, you know, this one particular uh, character, I guess, you liked yeah. on the internet and what they were up to today. 
It was quite like voyeuristic. Yeah. Like, yeah. And anything kind of would go then. Like, there's that still, like, you know, early 2000s it girl that, like, that was still quite fun to watch and be a part of. Um, You know, the stupid things that they would wear. Whereas I do feel nowadays there are. You know, it's it's a strict internet trend that you have to quickly be a part of if you want, you know, to look like you're um, of an influencer kind of um, era or, you know, like you are the fashionable yeah. type. There's still a, um, a guide to kind of go through, which I find really interesting. There's a certain level of homogenization, Like mm. everyone that's an influencer and also, dare I say it, a lot of money now. Yeah. Like, you could be an influencer in that era of, like, the early 20-teens, early 2000s, and still be broke as fuck. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, it, the broker, the better. Yeah. <laughs> if anything. But now there's, like, you know, like, the, you know, the, the sort of major influencers, the people that might you know, comparable to, to like Molly Soda was, mm. you know, mm. back in the MySpace days and stuff are all now like squillionaires. Whereas mm. maybe there wasn't as much money going around back then or like brands didn't recognize the power of influencers as a concept. No, not at like, all. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. And I think there's this word that I learned by Bliss Foster and he talks about universal center sameness. And I think that's really kind of becoming for, you know, what's happening nowadays. Everybody, even though we're all apart, we're just looking at each other on the internet. It's very uniform. It's very the same. Um, Mm. It's just turned into, yeah, that one kind of morphed version of what's cool and what isn't. And if it isn't, now it's going to be cool because we're going to, you know, do X, Y, and Z with it. It's all the same method. So I think that that's yeah. mm. that's a really that's a really good point. It, it's almost like because we can all see what everyone's doing, you can't sort of like pull creativity out of the void as much. If anything, you sort of need to avoid seeing what everyone's doing mm. to mm. try and pull, you know, sort of unique creativity mm. out of a hat mm. rather than you know, kind of we're, we're constantly uh, what's the word reacting to everything around us and and that happens in fashion it happens in art every time I'm trying to like work on a print or like a new artwork I have to like get away from the computer Mm, mm -hmm. to try and avoid repeating stuff you know what I mean or repeating concepts it's like a very difficult thing to do like Mm. but when you were sort of maybe back in those days like on your island without having you know everyone else doing their thing it's um a little easier to mm. kind of have those moments of uniqueness. I don't know. Well, especially because you worked on that post and you've got, you know, six or seven images that kind of are creating a story or you're going into the week or the month or what's been going on. Mm. Whereas nowadays it's quickly upload it, talk about it because it's trending. Instant. Um, think about it later. Yeah. Don't even, you know, go into it at all. It's just the fact of the matter is, is just... Um, get yourself online, uh, create that awareness, be involved, and, you know, something else will happen tomorrow that you'll have to do all over again. Man, it's tough out there. <laughs> <laughs> that will be a common theme of today's episode, I think. We're both feeling a little dark and vulnerable today. On the drive over, both of us were just, like, silent in the car, just being like, yeah, it's pretty bleak out there. <laughs> 
So you started this fabulous blog and then, you know, that blog expanded out to Instagram and to Tumblr. Where, like, you know, what were the heights of, of this of this blog for you? Did you, um, you know, were you selling oh, stuff as well or was no. it? So, and that was the other thing. That was before everyone kind of turned their hobbies into, like, quick cash mm. or needing to, like, hustle what you love. It was just like, I'm just going to do this because I enjoy it. But I think the 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 main one of the, the main things that I got out of it was uh, Maxie and I, one of my gal pals, we moved to Melbourne together, mm. um, and just took off with it there. She would style, you know, shoots. We'd just dress up like insane people in mm. you know our tiny little Clifton Hill apartment that literally had no windows. Yeah. And create, Sounds like Clifton yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Create these insane, insane elaborate photo shoots. Mm. Um, They're gorgeous. They're oh, really cool. I was looking at a lot of them, like I said last night, and it's it was pretty crazy for the time, I feel. And from what I got out of that actually was a lot of interest from, I mean, other international um, fashion bloggers, and, but I was able to meet and work with the girls from Discount Universe. And I was able to model. They asked me to model for one of their first photo shoots Mm -hmm. with um, Danny, who does Distal. She was a model as well. And, um, yeah, and it just kind of went from there. And, and, yeah, got invited to do that, and it's fab. That's so cool. So the goal of this this site that you created, like, all this brand, like, I dare I say it, a brand that you'd created mm. was for styling and it was a creative outlet. Mm. The goal wasn't to be making money. No. That is incredible. Yeah. It, it feels like that is forbidden knowledge Bizarre. these days. Yeah. Like, like, why would you bother? I mean, why the fuck <laughs> would you? But then also it was probably like a little cheaper to live in Clifton Hill back then. Too. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I constantly like circle back and I'm like, how much rent was I paying? Nothing. Dude. Also no windows. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like my first, my first uh, house that I lived in in Melbourne was in uh, Nicholson Street in Coburg, like up north there. <laughs> And it was no windows. It was just constantly wet. Like the inside of this house was just wet always, like damp. You know in Melbourne in winter, your like your socks never fully dry. Like you just get on a tram, your socks are wet. You go to work, your socks are wet. You, you come home. home, your socks are wet. You put them on the on the like oil heater long enough for them to dry, and then hopefully. By the time you go to work the next day, it sucks a <laughs> bit dry. I feel like that's the experience of every share house done, like, in the sort of northern suburbs. It's like, man, it might be brick on the outside, but it is damp on the inside. <laughs> it's like an oyster, just, like, rock on the outside and meat on the inside. <laughs> damp and damp. Yeah, dude. <laughs> um, that's so fabulous. So what was it like working with uh, the Discount Universe girls back in the day? Oh, my God. God, we idolized them. That's so fabulous. Because they were, at the time, like just the number ones doing the exact same thing, but, you know, turning what they loved into a real life mm-hmm. clothing label. Um, so Yeah, cool. and it was really inspiring and it was really cool to hang out with them and just get a gauge on, you know, what they do and who they are and how lovely they are. Mm. Um, for, yeah. for listeners, uh, Discount Universe is 
a fashion label um, that has been going for, I guess, like 10 mm -hmm. years now, oh, um, who got super, super ultra famous around like 2013, 14, mm -hmm. I'd say. They used to dress like Miley Cyrus Everyone. and like, like literally every single celebrity. Mm -hmm. You could just pull a name yeah. out of a hat and Katie these, Perry, these girls. Lady Gaga. Fucking everyone. Like it was just this completely fabulous explosion of this brand that was a, an Australian brand. So it was like Mom these two girls. girls like that started their shit. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. Like they've just been, been everywhere. Absolutely huge. Like they were the kind of brand that, um, everyone was like, they made it, they got yeah. out, you know, <laughs> like, they made it out of the suburbs. Like if they can do it, anyone can do it, you know? And so uh, like was working with those, uh, fabulous, fabulous girls, like, part of your inspiration for starting your own label or where did that that sort of begin for you that journey well I had always done like fun little DIY um crazy little like one-offs mm. that I really enjoyed doing um and then I think as I did get a little bit older and as I started to realize oh right maybe these things that I do enjoy doing I should learn how to do properly mm. Um, I could go to university, I could learn about it, I could, you know, go down that path. And I guess after, you know, seeing them and, and understanding how, not, because it's not easy, but how, you know, attainable if you work hard, if you do this, you know, you are of that same, like, like-minded understanding of what, you know, you love and, and what is quite aesthetically, like, you know, interesting mm. not just for yourself but for others as well mm. was I guess yeah I'll, it, it pushed me in the right direction to want to to pursue it so yeah. that would probably have definitely been um yeah a nice little I'm sure going to Milan didn't hurt either um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that came after though so that oh. was that was more for like that Instagram influencer that's when that kind of came on the scene mm. and learning to be an influencer before I guess that even coin was you know that yeah. name was coined yeah um yeah that's yeah that's what that was it's so cool so how <laughs> just just for my personal interest like was it that like brands would would ship like pull you out there or was it like um after I kind of put the fashion side of things to, I guess, that was like my, my stepping ground and then propelling myself into the idea of, you know, um, being famous on the internet, being a Tumblr girl, being, um, you know, on Instagram and being very, um, how can I say, I guess like, um, sexually empowered, yeah. fashionable, creative, in-your-face, mm -hmm. 21-year-old. Yeah. Look, little baby. <laughs> yeah. little bob. Yeah. Um, and it, it gained the attention of anyone and everyone. Yeah. And, I mean, I lived on the Gold Coast, mm -hmm. so it was, like, famous in my bedroom. Hollywood on the Gold Coast, <laughs> baby. It's not called Miami for nothing. <laughs> People message me and get in contact and eventually um you know there was a, a designer who was like hey come to Milan like let's do some stuff let's yeah and that was 
fab. And then after that, as soon as I got back from Milan, it was L.A. And then as soon as it was L.A., it was New York. And I'd have, like, a publication want to follow me around and, and do very similar things, just do some modelling, do some whatever. And it was, yeah, it just kind of just rolled on from that. It's weird to think about. It, it, it feels like the kind of thing that not, I mean, obviously COVID has changed our expectations for the world and it's hard to kind of remember what it was like before that. But even before COVID, like that sort of uh, experience where you're sort of like plucked up mm. by the by the giant claw of, you know, maybe the fashion world or like successful Americans and kind of yeah. shipped off overseas to, to go on these like adventures, um, creative adventures and endeavours. Like, it, it feels like it's kind of a bygone era of mm. the Vice generation. That's mm. sort of like, you know, oh God, what do they call us? Like the ge- geriatric millennials. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> like, you know, that's it, this bygone era of, like, the Vice stuff. And, like, you know, I, I, I wonder whether it's even possible to kind of, whether that kind of thing will be happening again. I Like, have you seen... um? Uh, this is, maybe we've talked about this before. Have you heard of Lil Michaela? Oh my God. Can you give our, our listeners a little, um, a little, uh, background or context? Lil Michaela is just a fashion AI, um, influencer, uh, LA, uh, fun loving teenager who is going to be a teenager forever. Forever. Gross. <laughs> So, Lil Michaela, that's exactly right. She is a 3D rendered, uh, like, just a bunch of polygons on a screen. This is a new brand of influence. I mean, it's old news now for, for yeah. those of us in the know. But, like, for those who may not know, she's been around since, like, 2018, I want to say. Far out. Yeah. And basically, this is, like, this new invention where, look influencers i mean influencers have needs they want Mm -hmm. money they want like to go places they want like job opportunities you know how we can um bypass all of that make one up (laughs) is if we make one up (laughs) yep completely make one up that get this never ages (laughs) (laughs) yeah never ages like doesn't get adult acne What they do is they will um do like quote unquote photo shoots with little michaela um in Balenciaga in, you know, Celine and all of these like fabulous fashion brands, but they never need to lend the the clothing to anyone. They never need to gift anything because it's all digitally rendered, Mm -hmm. Um, which kind of, I guess, like leads on to um, our next segment. Um, And I'd love to spend a bit of time chatting about your label, but I think we can talk about it after Mm. our first segment of the uh of the show today and this is the very first segment of its kind as well it is called hello fellow demographics (laughs) stories from the dystopian future the year 2022 (laughs) where multi-billion dollar corporate conglomerates respond to viral tweets with stuff like yes queen girl bosses stay winning (laughs) The world is good and everything is fine (laughs) in the year 2022. So this story comes from the New York Times uh, entitled, What to Wear in the Metaverse. Um. 
Late in October, when Mark Zuckerberg unveiled the rebranding of Facebook as Meta, he did so in an immersive video designed to reveal his vision of the future, which he did so as an avatar and gave a virtual tour of all the exciting things we will be able to do in the Metaverse. Metaverse, of course, being the rebranded Facebook uh, and Metaverse being like this digital world. Like if you've played World of Warcraft, <laughs> it's probably a better version of whatever these guys are trying to shill. <laughs> um, there was experiential art. There was a meeting where attendees floated around a table as if in a spaceship. Yet there was our host himself as a cartoon representation in black jeans, white sneaks and a long navy t-shirt. Somehow, might I add, somehow looking less like a freaky robot than he normally yeah. does. Um, the first word that comes to my mind is disquieting. Um, just kind of like like that that sort of like stomach drop that happens in a roller coaster, um, yeah. or when you've done yeah. something really bad at work. Like fuck, this is about to happen. Did you see this video? Like, did you see the like the launch that he did? I didn't watch the whole thing. I didn't either. watch the whole thing. I. I'm more acquainted with that, um, it's that video that, uh, it's like a satire version, he's got the knife behind his back, <laughs> and then he just talks about, like, the barbecue sauce that he loves, <laughs> and he's like, will you accept his, like, barbecue sauce, and then he goes all red, and, yeah. Fuck, that's so good, oh my god, yes, he's such a freak! He is an alien! Oh my god, he's such a fucking freak. It goes on. If the upside of the coming future is, as Mark Zuckerberg said in his presentation, to be able to do almost anything you can imagine and express ourselves in new, joyful, completely immersive ways, shouldn't you wear some totally awesome not-in-your-real-closet clothes? There's already an entire fashion technology industrial complex springing up to cater to whatever dressing needs your avatars will have now and in the future. There are digital-only fashion brands, more than 100, for example, on Dress X Alone, which is a virtual fashion boutique that opened in 2019. Digital styling games like Dressed, the digital marketing pl uh, marketplace turned conglomerate, offer the ability to play with hundreds of digital outfits. There is also a growing number of ready-to-wear fashion brands testing out virtual versions of their collection and then creating metaverse business departments staffed with 3D engineers as well as fashion designers. Gucci created a virtual Gucci garden for Roblox. Words that I don't understand, that is a word <laughs> salad. Um, and Ralph Lauren uh, created a virtual ski store. Oh my God. The British Fashion Council hosted- They would. They would. <laughs> <laughs> The, uh, the British Fashion Council hosted the Fashion Awards experience on a platform complete with an award for metaverse design. Balenciaga created special skins for Fortnite. And so did Louis Vuitton. After making its own game, Afterworld, The Age of Tomorrow, featuring its ready-to-wear uh, outfits and collection and has already announced its own metaverse division. There is no escaping this. So this article claims that the thing that makes the metaverse and the idea of digital fashion and digital fashion making 
so fabulous is that it's the opposite of high school. You aren't stuck with one style anymore. You can simply create another avatar in another place, put on another skin and change your aesthetic entirely. You can be both a Gucci person and a Ralph Lauren person. This like this last line made me cringe into another dimension. In fact, I'm still in the other dimension from reading it earlier. Um, you can be you can be both a Gucci person and a Ralph Lauren person Ew. and a fire breathing dragon with lots and lots of scales. I choose death. This is behind a paywall, by the way. <laughs> um, a hype beast can try on the persona of a fairy princess um. or a prepster. Do you think a boomer wrote this article? <laughs> I'm thinking so. They're like the most creative thing I can think of. If I go into the metaverse is to become a dragon with lots and lots of <laughs> and scales. <a> fairy. <laughs> and a fairy. Hi, gay. <laughs> Hi, gays. Hello, fellow demographics. I'm a prepster. I, oh. How do you feel about the, like, the metaverse stuff? Mm. It's a tough one. I mean... That whole, like, metaverse thing is freaky anyway. Yeah. Um, the whole, like, that's Facebook. We're so, you know, edged into it now. There's no going back. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's like you said, it's like that roller coaster. Like, you know, you're, you're just about to, to reach that, like, height just to, I, I guess, oversee everything until it just rushes you into it. And yeah. then you can't even get out of that one, if that makes sense. It does. It's almost like every time you feel like you've got a handle on the ways you want to represent yourself and your brand and you're like, mm. okay, like I've finally oh, got a handle on like how to fucking use Facebook business, <laughs> like the back the interface of this terrible back end. I just up my yeah. with my yeah, Facebook. That's it. Yeah, it's like, all right, so we've got Express Checkout sorted. <laughs> now what? And then you turn around a corner and then someone's like, okay, you oh, need to know how to do it. clothes yeah. anymore. <laughs> Wait, are we not selling clothes anymore? Like, what? What's the big deal here, guys? I think I I think it's really interesting because the way trends work anyway is that I guess uh, the trickle up effect, where it's happening on the streets, it's happening, you know, um, by the people who are just mm. hanging out and being, you know, organically and originally themselves. And there's this push now where it's this trickle-down effect of, I guess, the, you know, these social classes and these huge conglomerates that are like, okay, actually, no, we're going to do this. And everyone else is like, oh, okay, yeah, sweet, all right. How do you do that? We're at their mercy. (laughs) Yeah. Completely at their mercy. And that's scary to me. Yeah, I agree. I agree because, you know, like, I think... I might have once upon a time believed this altruistic idea of a virtual world being like this great equalizer where mm. like, you know, in, in this like utopian vision of like the online world, nobody, you don't need money because everyone just gets to design their own outfits and like, you know, everything like, like you're, like you're Alicia Silverstone and Clueless. Like that's how I'm picturing it. You just like swipe through and you have a new outfit, but like everyone gets that. And that's kind of the vision that was originally sold to everyone. It's like in the online world, you can be anything you want. Everyone can be anything you want. This isn't like, you know, this is a world without class borders, basically. Mm. Um, but the problem with this, like articles like this that preach this kind of idea 
um, is that they tend to leave the price tag out mm. of the storytelling. Mm. So, like, Gucci, a few years ago, um, and this was, like, before or just before NFTs kind of took off as a concept or the idea of digital you know, sales were, were really a thing. Gucci was like celebrated because they sold these like online um, sneakers. So they were like, mm. anyone can afford Gucci now. We can sell you these sneakers. This is a like digital collection drop. And each sneaker set costs like $15 US or whatever. But now with the introduction of NFTs and the concept of scarcity now like the difference between 2018 and 2022 is that yes you can still buy Gucci outfits but it's going to cost four thousand dollars again but no one's actually making it this Mm. time that's that's the the thing that freaks me out so much is that like regardless of the cost people are still going to be okay with parting with their money for something that isn't even tangible well that's exactly it because it it, it's reintroducing Mm. the idea of class barriers Mm. but just in an online world instead of it being in a physical world where there's something, you know. And the whole idea with with fashion, at least, is you know these owning physical co- copies and and items of clothing that you can touch, that you can try on, that you can collect. Yeah. And it's it, 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 oh my god, it's beyond me. <laughs> but, but no, but you put it so beautifully before, like this trickle up idea of trends, where like yes. You know, in previous generations, it, you know, it was this big deal where, like, the people on the ground floor mm. were the ones who would decide what was cool mm. um, and would, you know, create the influence or the inspiration mm. for what would eventually come out of these fashion houses. Whereas now it's almost like the funnel is being pointed the other way. It's like that's be- what's being created from, like, the upper echelons is yeah. now deciding what we do It's it's a really really weird time to be alive. It's so 
so strange. And it's really strange to see like the amount of backflips that people do to try and like um, sell it as a vision. And you know, to, to be fair, like I think that there there are some, you know, practical applications to it. So like that idea of testing out a collection digitally yeah. before putting it into production to reduce wastage. That makes sense oh. to me. I think that's like a fucking cool idea. Yeah, that's like sustainable practices. That's interesting. Like that's cool. But like ninety three or ninety five percent or something, right? Yeah, totally. Like that's that's fucking cool. And like, you know, the idea of like being able to create art digitally or create outfits that could not exist in the real world. Like that's yeah. that stuff already exists. You yeah. know, like that that also makes sense. Like that stuff has been around for fucking. I remember having a CD-ROM when I was nine years old and it was a, you got it with a Barbie and it was yes. like an outfit creator. Oh Do you remember this? God. And like you could print it. You could like oh, make it digitally. <laughs> we had no, a printer that took about, about like 30 years to print out <laughs> like one piece of, but you could print out the paper and then it would make her outfit. Like you could cut, it cut out like garments and stuff. Like, this shit fucking exists. This technology has existed for decades. Mm. As long as the internet has existed, this stuff yeah, has also yeah. existed. I mean, even The Sims. Like, I remember, yes. I didn't even care to play The Sims. I'd build their house, I'd make their outfits, I'd play for 15 minutes, kill them, and then start again. I'd take all the letters out of the pool, <laughs> all I'd, the buy, I'd buy so many ovens. <laughs> Everybody's gay. You know what? This kitchen needs more ovens. <laughs> Get them all in their underwear, put them in the pool, and take away that fucking ladder. <laughs> and a sociopath was born. Oh my god. With it's, great shoes. Yeah, exactly. Like this stuff has been around for decades. Like yeah. the Sims, like all of this kind like this gaming it's it's effectively gaming. But what's mm. ha what like the thing that makes it different now is that it's gaming with a price tag. Mm. Um and you know, this sort of like social cultural capital um, attached to it. It's, uh, yeah, I, like, I don't know. I mean, I, I shit on it, but I'm also like, oh, I'll probably be fucking making some 3D yeah. outfits in a couple I'm, of years. I mean, like, send me the app. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Fuck it. Um, but it's also like the, the thing that I, I kind of like struggle with and that it's not necessarily that I think the technology is bad or yeah, that there's no it's right or wrong. There's no right or wrong with this stuff. It's, it's, it's there's going to be a ton of really cool creative applications for this kind of technology. Like I've recently just started playing around with 3D um, app, like making stuff as well, Sick. just for like 3D modeling, not oh, yes! not even fashion. I've seen them. Just art, man. Can it's you fun make as me, fun. please? Absolutely, I would love that. It's like sculpting. It's so oh! fun. Like there's so much you can do, and we've never had more access to. Mm really cheap, really cool technology that, you know, makes creativity like available to everyone. Mm. The thing that always just makes my gut turn when I read these kinds of stories is that it, it never kind of really goes down at this altruistic road. It always just kind of ends up getting used to lie in someone else's pocket mm. and people get scammed. And then, you know, <laughs> on a very personal level, I'm just annoyed every time new technology comes out. Oh. I don't want another thing. What's this I thing I have to, to learn? Thing. Well, like what we were saying, like I just hooked up my Instagrams with my friends. I know. Send help. <laughs> but you know what? And that's another uh, thought that I was just having about 
the filters, the uh, the little mm-hmm. um, Instagram, Instagram filters. filters. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because the minute you make one, mm-hmm. how every how the engagement, oh it just God. it's through the roof. Yeah. And what's freaky about that? It's like I didn't know about that. I didn't care about that. I just wanted to make a fun filter, yeah. made it, and then Instagram or Facebook or whatever, they send you these emails or they show you this this profile that's like, look how many people used this. You get rewarded for yeah. it. And they were this age and they live here. And mm-hmm. if you do this, 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 and this, and if you keep going, you know, you'll be able to do this and create and, um, you know, everyone will be, in, you uh, have people engaged in it and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, oh, well, now I'm addicted. Yeah, to that, absolutely. That alone. Yeah, well, because you know, Facebook's whole business or Meta, Meta's new business mm. is um, dealing with people like us, like small mm. business owners and, and personal brands. Like, it's no longer a social network; it is like an e-commerce network. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it is. It's you. The thing is, is that you couldn't even apply for a job anymore and be like, "Yeah, I know how to use Facebook." It's yeah. like, a, again, a whole nother kettle of fish. It is so dense and purposefully dense, might I add. Two days ago, I was chatting to my friends in the group chat and I was complaining about how um, the interface for Facebook Business Manager yeah. changed now. Like, it's completely different. And so I've had to, like, relearn how to use, like, Metaverse business manager wow, or whatever the fuck. I'm not even this is, this is how you do like the Facebook <laughs> advertising, like dynamic yeah, ads and all yeah. that kind of shit. Stuff that is like really, really full on. It's really, really dense. And they don't at any point try to hold your hand. No, it. no, no, no. It's really complicated. And I'm very, I feel very lucky to kind of like have a pretty good understanding of this stuff. But like it is on purpose confusing mm-hmm. because they sell courses on how to yeah, use yeah. Their, their, their technology. So what they're doing is making it impossible for a regular person yeah. to do it. So if you're broke, you either need to teach yourself over like weeks and weeks how to use this kind of tech, mm-hmm. or if you're just like, you know, an upper middle class mum from fucking, you know, Texas, like that has a few million lying around, you're like, maybe I'll start a business. Mm. Like how fucking hard could it be? Start a small business, you pay like a marketing consultant to do all of that stuff for you. The marketing consultant has paid for all of the short courses that are through the Facebook, like. We know this, but like, sorry, I'm going down on such a tangent. This stuff drives me fucking burko. We have no idea. And the, the, it's funny because the one thing that I learned about in uni, you can't, I get it now, but I didn't get it then. Mm. It was like coming from the proviso of your business has many, many, many people. Yeah. They have the e-com girl. They have yeah. the marketing guy. Mm. They have the studio. They have CX. They have this. And I never... It never kind of um, made sense to me because I was like, well, no, I am all of that. Yeah, you're and, like, here I am, and board of directors yeah, over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, pies, my fingers, they're in all of them. Not very well, but uh, <laughs> let's give her a go. And it's it's to the point where it's like, I can't hire anybody. No. That'd be fun. Yeah. 
I had a very brief stint where I had a like a consultant working for me doing like wholesaling stuff. This was in like the peak of my brand where I was like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna make a million. And like, I'm like, I'm gonna be a fucking girl boss. I'm gonna do the Pomodoro technique. I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, why, why am I doing Jennifer Coolidge? Like, I'm gonna be a millionaire. <laughs> um, and like, I'm gonna fucking do it. I'm gonna like make this thing fucking work. And like, in order to do it, I'm gonna hire someone. Anna, I love you. I hope you're well. Like, hey, you Anna. Know, she was amazing. Um, it's tough out there, man. Oh wait, I found them, uh... is that the name of the episode? <laughs> I think we found the name of the episode. <laughs> It's tough out there, man. <laughs> Yo, uh, welcome to Don't Worry, It's Not Just You, where we're depressed. <laughs> someone can help us out, it'll be really fucking great. Huh. Can someone give me a job, please? I don't like, I don't like this anymore. <laughs> I want to go home. <laughs> can I just not right this way? <laughs> My glasses are broken and they're held together by blue tack. I should nothing goes to plan you know Mm -hmm. and I think I have been trying my hardest to let go of all expectation when it comes to anything yeah (laughs) which is very 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 hard um you know you get a, a great offer you know, hey, can you send X, Y, and Z? Can you do this? Can can we borrow this off people who are notable and interesting or friends that you work with that you love? Um, but, you know, hold on to your hat, sweet cheeks, because things will not be seen for <laughs> years after. Oh, my God. Okay, so I guess, like, a way to, to, to broach that topic, so... I said in the intro, but you know, so you've had your work, um, from your label pig suit. This is like one of the most fabulous labels I've ever seen. My favorite in Brisbane. So fucking cool. Um, you know, your work is not only worn by every cool person I know in Brisbane. You know, like you were, um, your pieces were on the cover of Gusha magazine worn by Rico Nasty. Um, you know, Got Mick wore your dress and like absolutely talked bulk fucking good shit about you (laughs) on her, um, on her YouTube series, on their YouTube series. Like that with fucking Violet Chachki, no less. And Violet Chachki, that is a tough crowd Yeah, oh my God. Like she's terrifying. She follows Pig Suit. Are you fucking yeah, kidding yeah. me? Yeah, every now and again, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and have this harrowing, like, fear that she's gotten over it she's and unfollowed. So, like, just make sure. I'll go to her, like, profile and be like, oh, no, no, yeah, she's still there. Oh, my God. <laughs> How, do, do you, like, okay, does the way that you post online, do you get afraid mm-hmm. posting mm-hmm. with that kind of audience? Mm. How oh, do you react to it? Um, so... I have to let myself forget about that Mm. Um, because if I don't, I notice I never post and I start creating um, this this false narrative in your head of what people might think of you and then it's like, 
oh my God, I'm exhausted. This is, it's not me anymore. And it's not even, you know, the reason why I'm doing this. Yeah. So you kind of got to, and you kind of mentioned it before, like when you are going into that creative sphere and space and zone, you have to get away from the internet. Otherwise you get wrapped up in it. So I just post shit. I love the way that you post on the internet. I think it's fa- I think it's fucking fabulous. It's so um unmanicured. I, I like, try to keep it DIY. And it is. It fucking is. Like it's it's one hundred percent you every time you put yourself out there. And I think it's um yeah, it really shows. And and so like I have done, I've worked with influencers before, like, uh, you know, quote unquote influencers where you like have that traditional, you know, quid pro quo Mm. relationship where you go, hello, influencer, I am going to give you this piece of clothing for Mm. a photo shoot, or I'm going to lend it to you, or I'm just going to gift it Mm. to you. Um, And in return... We will have my shit. <laughs> we, we will have some kind of agreement where we're gonna like you know do X, Y, and Z, whatever. It is never worked out. No. <laughs> and maybe like my stuff is just the wrong market, the wrong fucking demographic. No, no whatever. It's, it's a thing. Do you think there is a world in which this has worked for other people, or has it always gone sideways? I mean, I fucking hope it goes sideways for everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like to hear. It's you're like, I don't care if it goes wrong for me as long as it goes wrong for everyone else. As well. Let's yes. all be in this shit show together. Yeah. Um, but I think that's the thing of really trying to, like, let go of any if and all expectations. Because... I'll put something out there or sometimes I'll even have someone come to me and I'll be like, yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. Or this is great. This sounds fabulous. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I just want my shit back at the end of the day. Without makeup on it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, things that I'm happy to part with, I'm happy to part with, but if it's going to be, Oh, I don't know. Stylists and, and, you know, that whole overseas internet kind of like, you know, we want to do these photo shoots, we want to do this, we want to do that. It, it, it does, it becomes quite tricky. Do you have a big overseas audience? Mm. So is it mostly overseas? Do you no. Think you? Um, it's not. It's, it's, within Australia is pretty massive. Mm. Um, but I do get a lot of Americans. I get a lot of, um, people from Berlin and I think every now and again, I'll get someone from the UK, which is fun. Yeah. But do, do you think, um, like for, for the young designers kind of listening to this show, like, would you say that, um, it's an easy process to have your work sort of like you know, picked up by other stylists? Is it a bit of a who you know kind of kind of environment or is it um, something like do you just reach out to people or does it kind of come your way? It's everything. Mm. But reaching out is always helpful. Um, but I get that it's hard. For young designers, it's... It's just... I mean, in my opinion, it's getting harder and harder. But the thing is, is that, you know, everyone who's just starting have that, um, you know, that whippersnapper rubber band effect of being able to, like, you know, articulate and understand and bounce back. 
where I guess I am starting to become set in a certain way, but I'm also very lucky to know the people that I know, um, to be excited about, you know, just being able to casually comment or get in touch with someone or have them casually get in contact with me. Mm. Um, but yeah, it is, it's the internet. It's the way of the modern world. It's the way everything like this is going. You know, if you put yourself out there, if you create, um, uh, I guess if you create online um, a, an existence, then, pe- you know, people are going to come to you. It just, yeah. yeah. Make it. Do you have like a secret source for working out like how, like the difference between that? Or is it just a matter of being burned again and again until you work out the right way? I mean, (laughs) I'm asking for me, by the way. (laughs) I'm judgy. I will, I guess because I've been around for so long, you know, I will go through your mutuals. I'll go through who follows you. I'll screen for myself Mm. just for my own, I guess, like safety, like you know, there are, again, it's still somewhat a DIY process. These are one-ofs that people want. Yeah. So you're never sure if you are going to get your things back. Yeah. Like that jewelry box dress. Oh, my man. God. It is still, to this day, people are wanting to shoot it. The and town I, bicycle, that <laughs> thing. It is so stunning. Absolutely I, stunning. It is about to fall apart because I did keep sending it out. And then I just got to a stage where I was like, I can't keep doing this mm. for my own you know, this is now my archival piece that I will try and take into, you know, uh, my next life. Yeah. Vacuum seal. It goes in the coffin with yes. you. Yeah. It won't fit me, but we can put it around my arm. <laughs> We're going to, like, just snip it off and then just pin it to your corpse. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, you do, I mean, you have to be selective anyway because you have to think about, you know, what you're portraying with your brand. Mm. Does this reflect? Does this work? But also, yeah, is it worth my while? Um, you know, this person sent me a message at one o'clock in the morning and want it sent yesterday. Am I going to be able to get it to them? Is yeah. it worth getting it to them? Who's the model? What does this mean? Who's the photographer? Yeah. A lot of the time the answer is no, folks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Take it from a tired woman, <laughs> a tired 30-year-old woman. Oh, she is tired. <laughs> Girl, it's tough out there. I should take the show to soju. We're day drinking today, folks. It's happening. Delicious. Um, Rhiannon, mm-hmm. I think that it is high time for us to move on to our next segment. Um, comfort food. Oh, my God. What is your comfort food when... <sighs> You know, everything is overwhelming. Um, you know, you don't want to be creative. You don't want to be interacting with social media at the best of times. But, you know, especially this time, um, you know, what what do you uh, consume when you want to uh, turn the light off in your head? This is so embarrassing. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. I'll, like, let me slowly walk you into this. Please. I really enjoy just like for a relaxing oh no this is so funny. 
I like to watch horses. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, okay. I started I'm sorry. the wrong thing. I started wrong. Horses. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Please tell me. Please tell me. I wanna know. I so badly wanna know what the next words are gonna be. I like watching chiropractors going to horses, stables, and cracking their necks. For what relaxation! What the fuck are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about? They get relaxed. They get, they like it. It's not about you crying. The horses like it. watch a video That's not of a horse chiropractic. This is not even the worst of it. You, so wait, do you have a favorite guy? So like, yes. So I start off, I start off with this. She's, she's <laughs> typing. So, they like it. I'm so this is a judgment-free zone, might I just say. And though I'm laughing, it is because I like it so much. <laughs> were you expect what were you expecting me to say? I have no idea. This is the best one yet. I normally people are like, um, yeah, I you know, I just I like listening to podcasts and like <laughs> I just, oh, yeah, I just like to relax by, like, watching my favourite show. And then I need to bully them into, like, showing me the weird shit. Oh, whereas I'm like, here, hey. You're like, here's my heart. Would you like to hold it? <laughs> okay, this is my favourite one. Okay, I'm it's, coming over. It's I'm called Waylon the Horse Gets Cracked No Music. So. Oh, my God. Dr. Dr. Mark. Mark, the chiropractor, gives Waylon a crack this is so embarrassing that he'll be, he'll be, be able to eat yeah he's just feeling around at this point okay so he's getting he's touching the horse yeah. so this is a man with a hat and an american yeah. flag shirt mm -hmm. he, he's walked up to a horse and he's just started like <laughs> Fondling the horse. Hey, he's feeling his X vertebrae. He's feeling his oh. Y vertebrae. vertebrae. Holy shit! He just he just put the horse in a headlock. <laughs> he did it. He just put the horse it in a headlock. It was a nice headlock. And he cracked its neck. This is not going to be good for the animal rights activist group that I'm a part of. Is this abuse? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he likes it. Where are you going? Come back. <laughs> I do know that word. Oh. Tell me that was not impressive. That was amazing. Okay, that was amazing. All right, I'm on board. I'm on board. <laughs> And now that horse is happy. <laughs> okay, I'm reeling. 
I'm reeling from the information and the visual information that has just like been like put in my brain. So you feel less bad. I recently started watching a video series of this guy that reviews fish tanks. He just <laughs> This 55 gallon salt tank has been sitting empty here for a while. It has a basic 10 gallon filter chamber below with mechanical and biological um, filtration. He's this guy in America that buys fish tanks um, for his fish collection. Uh, and then he reviews the fish tanks, like really in-depth reviews of fish tanks. Anyway, um, so um, other than reviewing fish tanks, he'll like buy fish and like, you know, be like, oh, well, this is the kind of salinity level required for this kind of fish in this kind of tank that I, you know, I recently bought. If you're after a more tropical yes, fish, this is like, the kind of, like you know. Tropical fish tanks are I'm not getting into this. No, I, this is the, oh and so recently he um, took up this kind of weird challenge where he bought a live lobster from a, like a grocery store and instead of eating it, he like rescued and oh, rehabilitated stop. No, I do love that. Thing. I love a rehabilitation um, story. Like, so when I laugh at your horse chiropractor guy, <laughs> please know it comes from a place of understanding. I came into this interview today thinking, okay, let's give like an illusion of just being like this fabulous intellect <laughs> who knows her shit, who's a deeply interesting. Um, don't tell anyone your deepest, darkest uh, horse chiropractor stories. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. I... I am so incredibly happy <laughs> after hearing this story. And um, you've really made the comfort food segment worthwhile in my mind. This shit is never going away now. I want to know exactly what's inside people's broken minds. That is fantastic. next segment it is rise and grind time baby time for some advice from our friends at the tiktok school of excellence <sighs> let's dive in if you want to be great you want to be the baddest motherfucker ever at what you do you could be misunderstood by everybody because you're going to be so fucking obsessed and so driven to get there that's what it takes that's the truth it takes every second of your fucking life anybody says balance yeah, balance is important for a lot of fucking people. It is. But if you want to fucking go to that edge where people do not like you, don't understand you, question everything you fucking do, you, you, you arrived. If you want to be great. <laughs> That's us, by the way. That's how we talk <laughs> to each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, the secret to success. <laughs> Become ungovernable. Spit on your friends. 
steal from them, become a creepy little goblin. <laughs> Screech at the top of your lungs. What the fuck is this guy trying to say? I, 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 I've watched this video a couple of times mm -hmm. and I still don't really understand what it means. Like, is the idea that you're supposed to work so hard that you become unlikable or is it that because you work so hard, you're unlikable? I like, I don't know. I hate it. He's obviously talking to a dude. Yeah. He's obviously trying to like hype some sad boy up who's paying him like $500 for like a 15 minute fucking what? Like workshop. Mm -hmm. Gross. Yuck, right? He might not even be fucking talking to anybody, actually. I just hate it. I hate it. It's so annoying to me because, like you said, it, 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 it's the, what the sad umbrella term that really means nothing. Mm. And someone will pick up on that and they'll be like, yeah, this is where I have to be. And then they end up sucking. And who do you feel bad for? What, what's going on here? Is it it's the blind leading the blind? But you know what, Rhiannon? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know, you and I, we're friends, peers, colleagues, dare I say it, creative equals. But sometimes I start to wonder if I've let my guard down around you a little too easily. You know, some of the stuff I've been hearing on the internet makes me worried for my future. So let's let's have a little here. Listen to this freak show and see what he has oh to say. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I wish I knew this earlier. The life lesson time. Growing up is realizing that a lot of your friends aren't your friends at all. This is what happens when you hang around with the wrong people. I've seen it time and time I'm again. Your friends these men, define you. Please. The friend you are prepared to take the bullet for is often the one that pulls the trigger. Be mindful of who you let in your life. I wish I knew this earlier. <laughs> I'm in pain. Trust no one <laughs> except this giant pulsing man. <laughs> Trust the German. <laughs> I just, I go through so much of my life trying not to, like, be exposed to men like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So thank you. You're for, so um... welcome. This is a quid pro quo. I went through my whole life without seeing horse chiropractors and here we are. Here we fucking are. <laughs> Um, so, okay, this video, how to describe it, look, it is a, a very huge man, a very, like, buff German guy um, in a completely black room um, describing to the camera that, hey, listen, this is something I wish I knew earlier in my career as being a big, scary, buff guy. Uh, I wish I knew that the people that you trust the most are often the people that are going to, like turn around and stab you in the back. I don't know, bro, this seems like maybe like a you thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, to be, I was about to say, to be a fly on the wall. To just yeah. see and to maybe think about some of the sad little thoughts yeah. that old big boys had. Yeah. Is, what happened there? Oh, it was he bad. He also has, I'm not surprised if he has a tattoo of a clock. Uh, um, oh, the yes. like the forest, uh, like the silhouette of a <laughs> forest. <laughs> yes. People think making a hundred thousand dollars a year is hard, bro. It's two hundred and eighty dollars a day. Get off the couch and make a bag, bozo. There's twenty four hours in a day to make two hundred and eighty dollars. It's too easy. If you're broke in twenty twenty, that's on you. Thanks, bro. All right, I've got a follow-up one for that. 
Oh, no. That we do. And I just think, like, you, you're given one life and it's down to you what you do with it. Like, you can literally go in any direction. And when I've spoken mm. about that before in the past, I have been mm. slammed a little bit with people saying, you know, like, it's easy for you to say that, you know, you've grown up and you've not grown up in poverty. You've not grown up, mm. you know, with major money struggles. So if you to sit there and say that we all have the same 24 hours mm. in a day, it's not correct. And I'm like, but technically what I'm saying is correct. We, we do. So I understand that obviously we all have different backgrounds and we're all raised in different ways and we do have different financial situations. But I think if you want something enough, you can achieve it. And it just depends to what lengths you want to go to get where you want to be in the future. And I'll go to any lengths. Like I, I've worked my absolute ass off to get where I am now. So when we go to Ibiza on my dad's jet, I mean, everyone has a dad, right? So everyone's dad should have a jet. And when we go to Ibiza, it's like, you know, I want to be here. Everyone else wants to be here. So why can't we all just fucking do it, right? I mean, I'm going to get Sam for this, but we all love Ibiza. <laughs> and I lick a toilet seat in Ibiza and I get in the shit for it, right? Oh, fuck the fuck off. I, we just watched two uh, TikToks in a row. One, <laughs> listen, I'm not a math guy, but... Mm. I do think it's possible that saying if you can make $280 a day, therefore you can be a millionaire and I, I can't see it in front of me now, but whatever it was. Like, do, do you think that they pay rent in this scenario or is this the exact mindset of someone that's never had to pay rent in their life because <laughs> someone else has been paying it for them? <laughs> this, um, oh, this video of um, influencer Molly May um, went viral like a couple of weeks ago because she, yeah, basically goes on the record saying, uh, listen, guys, I may be a millionaire, but that's only because I work so hard because we all have the same 24 hours in a day. The way that I spend my 24 hours is just more valuable than the way you spend your 24 hours. And that is how it happened. Absolutely no steps missing in this story. <laughs> Ready, uh, step, conquer. Yeah, exactly. Look, it's all about the mindset. It's all about the grind set. It's about waking up early enough. It's about putting in the hours. Um, you know, it has nothing to do about uh, being already pretty well off. <laughs> and only ever knowing that. Yeah, and, and being, like, hot and white and, like, you know, it's an unfortunate accent, but everything else, you know, she's kind of got working for her. <laughs> it's, a, it's a real doozy, and you can see why people were mad about it. But it, it, was, it was good that this video went viral because it really pokes holes in, like, you know, this culture that, you know, we make fun of all the time. Like there's a fundamental flaw in this economy. Mm. Like if you just work hard enough, you work long enough, you sacrifice everything while still participating just enough in consumer culture, then and you can make I, it. I do love the idea of like, I've been working all fucking week. I am a hard worker. Like babe, you what? A couple of hours a day you're online <laughs> sending some fucking emails. Like, okay, Ms. Kardashian. Yeah, you're, dude. You poor thing I having know. to do an eight hour fucking work day with a five hour fucking lunch break in between. You telling me you're podcasting <gasps> right now, babe? <laughs> she's she's on a podcast. Like the the um Kim, comments, people are dying. <laughs> like literally under the comments of this uh TikTok, people are like, dude, 
You've been posting videos all week of you waking up at midday, mm, mm. going on a yacht, mm. like fucking getting day drunk, etc. Like, it is just like because going to work is a hobby. It's like <laughs> I'm gonna get a work. Yeah, dude, it's fucking crazy. Like, I'm gonna make a call. I make one phone call today <laughs> and then I sleep it off. <laughs> oh, but that's also ignorance is so fucking bliss. How fabulous. Oh, how fabulous, how sad. Oh, no thank you. Must be nice <laughs> is all I can say. It sounds fun. I am, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not a smart man. But I, I, don't, I don't think that the harder your journey, the stronger you will become. <laughs> A lot of the time, you know, it's like this is this complete like fallacy because what happens is if you've already had it easy for a really long time, then it is easier for you to get all of the things that you want. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, and you'll never know the difference. No. Cool, cool, cool. This is all really good advice, um, you know, from number one girl boss, Molly May. So how can we turn... All of this information that we've learned, you know, how to push our friends away, how to, <laughs> uh, how to do basic math, um, how to lie about our situation. Like, how do we turn all of this into an empire? And I thought that we could learn from a real world experience mm. um, from a little company called Oakley's. The sunglasses brand. You won't believe this genius marketing play that Oakley used to step out of the shade. In 2010, a major accident left 33 Chilean miners trapped underground for 69 days. As the entire world tuned into their TVs this. to watch the situation unfold, Oakley saw a brilliant opportunity. They knew that when the miners were rescued, their eyes would be extremely sensitive to sunlight. So the company donated 35 pairs of its top of the line sunglasses, which meant as the 5.3 million people around the world watched the miners get rescued, they also saw them rocking Oakley sunglasses. With this done, Oakley captured $41 million of media attention. And they got away with it for a few free pairs of glasses. Okay, can we cancel Oakley? Is that... How does that make you feel? I would like to cancel Oakley now. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, why write Oakley in. Not... I'll write in about it. I'm gonna write a letter. Yeah. A handwritten one. Yeah. With like a, a wax-sealed stamp. Uh, I... Um, you know, it's one thing for this company to, to make this like really strategically evil marketing Ew. decision. It's another thing for an individual to be like, wow. Mm. You know what, actually? I am not surprised. That is so harrowing and disrespectful and just, like you said, downright fucking evil. Mm. I'm not surprised more major brands have done it. And they are the first of their kind. Yeah. Where was Pumpkin Patch when those kids, the, the soccer team, got, like, <laughs> stuck in a cave? Where's, yeah, where were they? <laughs> where were they? I mean, like, let's try and start. I mean, look, the climate crisis, it's in an uptick. We're going to have more and more... Um, bushfires. More and more bushfires. We're going to have more and more... Bushfires. Get the more. fucking bushfire, brand new season 22... Balenciaga. Um, I hear Venice is going underwater. Let's yes. get some scuba gear to those bitches. Let's yassify the climate crisis is what I'm trying to say. And I think it's kind of fucked that you don't want to get on board with that, Rihanna. We know that brands do this shit all the time. It's another thing to see it really like celebrated by someone that's just like a content creator. You know, it's this kid on YouTube that's just like, okay, okay, cool. So like, 
Oakley's has done this. Like this, they've fucking playing 4D chess here. Like mm-hmm. how do we maximize our marketing potential with these kinds of strategies? Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, 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 you're missing the point. They should not have done that. <laughs> they should not have done that. It's weird and scary. Rhiannon, thank you so, so much for um, coming on the pod today. This is like my favorite ever episode so much that I think we're going to cancel it now and you're never going to do another one again (laughs) (laughs) yeah I was thinking maybe just quitting that's it you can retire blissfully and happily I do like to stop (laughs) doing stuff I do like to quit (laughs) but Rhiannon I've it's been such a pleasure so much so that I'm going to do something we have never done before which is Take this episode and continue it on past the one and a bit hour mark that I usually try to edit this down to. Wow. Um, and continue on to a very special um, Patreon episode. But before um, we do so, Rhiannon, where can my listeners find you? What have you got to plug? Oh, the internet, babies. Let's go Instagrams. Um... Just, yeah, catch me on Instagram. I'll, I'll put all of your details in the show notes. Guys, you should do yourselves a favor, even if you are not big fashion heads. Um, check out Pig Suit the Label on Instagram. Um, go check out Rhiannon's work. It is so utterly fabulous. So much so that the least fabulous of us, myself included, um, Mr. Jeans and a T-shirt every day of the week over here um, ha- gets so much out of it. So yeah, go go see what Rhiannon's doing. Uh, big things coming soon, guys. Watch this fans. I would like to thank my supporters on the Patreon that I have just launched this week, uh, Club Parody So Baby. A very special thank you to Emily, Rose, Michelle, and Birdie, and to Big Dog Batesy for my interest. I love you guys. Thank you so much for your support. You are the best. I'll see you inside. If you would like to subscribe, it starts at $5 Australian and you'll get access to a bunch of really cool stuff that I don't post on Instagram or whatever, uh, including my first ever bonus episode that's going to happen with Rhiannon. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash Paradise, where we will be answering some extremely fucking juicy girl boss mailbag questions and getting into my patreon only segment right town i love you so much thank you for listening i hope this email finds you well lots of love bye i am drunk now i'm smashed <laughs> i love it Hey man, I left my wallet at home. Can you spot me 10 bucks, please? No problem. Here you go. Thank you. You know I'll get you back. Dude, I lost my credit card. Can I borrow $10? I mean, you still haven't gave me the $10 I let you borrow last week. I swear that I'll pay you back. Fine, I'll give you the 10, but next week you gotta pay me back $15. Why 15? I'm only borrowing 10. Since you haven't paid back your old debts, I'm not too sure that you're gonna pay back your new debt, so I'm gonna charge you a higher interest rate. That's how it works in the real world.